there's a million black people in Toronto alone, right? Uh, let alone across Canada. I think it was across Canada, whichever, right? Yeah. But the what the whole aspect is that if even 10% of those people did something on behalf of black people for throughout their whole life, only 10% that we'd be moving exponentially further because that 10% would gradually start affecting the 90%. So Robert, the village is the heartbeat of the Black community. It is the sanctuary where dreams and aspirations of our children are woven into our history. One of the things we are planning for this summer, Robert, we're calling it our annual Truth, Forgiveness and Reconciliation event. And on the, uh, this is going to happen on June the 21st in Toronto. And we are inviting uh, members of the Black community to come. We are going to be uh, spending day one talking about truth and just learning and looking at the things that have happened to us and continue to happen to us, both in the positive as well as uh, the negative. On day two, we're actually going to move through a healing process. I'm going to guide the audience in actually moving through a forgiveness that is going to release some of those pent up uh, emotions uh, that we hold in our DNA. And then on the third day, we're talking about reconciliation. And on that third day, we're putting front and center the children and the children's children's children. And we are calling in the blessings uh, for those children. And oftentimes we don't think about our ancestors having a vision for us. We don't think about them gathering around in a church. We don't think about them gathering around a tree. We don't think about them, you know, gathering as a community and picturing something that they wanted for us. Yeah. But whether we can imagine that or not, I believe it has, it has happened. Mm-hmm. I believe even that has happened in cycles and that there was a pivotal moment in the 1970s, especially Mm -hmm. as the Louis Farrakhan's as the Martin Luther King's who am I missing from that time? Angela Davis, the family New hammers, the. Exactly. As all of those people were calling for change at that time, as they were talking about things like segregation, as Martin Luther King was sitting in that jail and as he wrote his letter and talked about true peace and true justice, he was picturing and envisioning a future for us. And when he went to the Hill, I think it was in Washington. And when he talked about, I have a dream. Mm-hmm. That is a visual picturing outwards of what the generations to come is to experience, right? And just speaking that out loud and then having all of those people who were present essentially come into agreement. I believe in that moment, they sent out a universal picture of what we were to look like and what the world was to look like in the future. Mm-hmm. And that we now, some almost 50 years later yeah are now seeing some of that vision realized and we will now begin to picture for the generations to come what the new vision is to look like so on the third day we're going to come together and together as a group i'm not going to form what that picture looks like i'm going to get the group to form what that picture looks like and then we're going to put it out into the universal atmosphere so yeah. 
as we're here and we're talking about the Black community, and as you think about the village, for example, and the children, the children, what are you picturing? What are you desiring for us to look like in, say, 50 years, 100 years, 150 years, 300 years from now? What are you envisioning for Black people on the planet? Yeah, um, you know, I think the, the one thing I envision for Black people on the planet is to recognize their economic power and mm-hmm. recognize their, uh, their ability to uplift themselves. Yeah. And, to, and to recognize that while racism exists and, and, and such like that, that you have the power to repel it, mm. right? Like, I'm not saying that from, you know, just by whimsically saying it, but I'm saying it by personal example. Uh, for myself, like the, the poster is going to be distributed in every branch across, in the Bank of Montreal across Canada this year. Uh, I create 5,000 posters, then they go out to 5,000 different places across Canada. Wow. You know, so constantly, and I haven't, I haven't, I've featured, been doing this for 30 years, featuring five black people of different complexions, and no white person ever has ever been on my poster. Right. For 30 years, right? So why the hell are you afraid of fighting racism at the Royal Bank, Right. You know, so compared to what I what's happening, what I've been doing, and I, I'm not fearful of uh, of racism. So why are you? So what? And what are you doing? That's making that's making you so fearful, mm-hmm. right? You know. So consequently, you know, I just want black people to realize that they're powerful. I'm creating those posters to demonstrate that that of black people are powerful, but also by example, because for a whole month there's going to be people on a nationwide scale that are going to be focusing on the people that I put forward. Right. Mm-hmm. And that alone is powerful, especially given that uh, it all started with me with a, literally with a pencil and a blank piece of paper. Wow. Right. And then that's grown to something that's a na- nationwide scale. So consequently you have to gain people's respect in order for them to respect what you do. And, but you, you have to just, push forward. And that's what I've been doing. And I encourage all black people, whether it be 200 years from now or 300 years from now to be doing that. Absolutely. Lovely. So you've been at this 30 years, you've gotten the recognition. What are you hoping to build at age 54? What legacy do you want to leave? Yeah, well, I'll be 55 this year. I'm 54 now, right? So I'm the big five, five. (laughs) Very good. That's a gracious number. Yeah, exactly. Right. You know, so I, I think that um, with regard to myself, like uh, I would just like to take on different challenges, yes. you know, uh, still do the poster, but take on different challenges related to it. You know, I always thought that uh, empowering black people would obviously be a lifelong <laughs> ambition. Right. You know, so every year, whether it be talking to yourself or talking on TV, you know, it's always provides excitement that a nine to five job, traditional nine to five job would not present to myself, right? And to know that I'll be, that when I'm 90 years old and my my kids Google me and I'll be sitting there, oh, I, I remember when I was on Dr. Jones' show, <laughs> right? And look at me like I'm yapping and yapping and yapping. I should just shut up, <laughs> right? You know, <laughs> yeah, then I'll then I'll look back and I'll probably cringe at what I'm doing now because I'm like, oh my gosh, why was he always thinking that he has a crock of joke? 
right? Yeah, you know, because I look back on some of my outfits and go, oh, geez, what was I wearing? Right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and and that and and to and but it's a it's exciting to wonder, flash forward fifty years and wonder how you you'll look back on this video <laughs> and realize that it's too late to take back anything that you said. Yes. Right. You know, and that's both the excitement of it all, yes. but it's also, you know, the, th the thrill of it all that it's unexpected of what can happen, right? Well, I think you've done really well at this interview, so. <laughs> <laughs> Same with me. I think so, too. <laughs> but, hey, I can think differently 34, 30, 50 years from now, right? <laughs> I love it. I love it. So you okay. want to take on different challenges. You mm -hmm. want to really push the message and the fear is what I heard you say. And the fear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because the bottom line is that, like, I, I'll quote something that George Fraser, who's an economist and philosopher in the United States, he said. He said that he gave an example of a, what a white friend of him said to him. And he said that, well, I, I hear black people always talking about white people. And you're talking about this, but what are you talking about with respect to yourself? Mm. If, because if you're not talking about yourself and white people are not talking about you, who's talking about you? Right. Right. Yeah. You know, so consequently, like, that's why in my presentations, I talk about the empowerment of black people, but very rarely do I talk about the, about racism because there's so many other people to talk about that. Why do you need me to talk about it? Yeah. Right. And for me, like, quite frankly, like, how am I going to talk about racism when I'm creating a Black History poster and I've been given the order to Canada, right? But people ask me about that. I got to I say to them that, okay, you can look at it at one side, the, the good side, that, hey, Robert, you've been doing something for 30 years and they give the order to Canada, they recognize for you. But then on the flip side of it, they can say, Robert, we don't know that many Black people who've been dedicated to Black people for 30 years. And you're so extraordinary. I've never seen you. We've never seen this before that we're giving you the Order of Canada, right? So there's only, there's a mixed bang that you can, you can take that, right? Of course, of course I take it the first, the first definition, but it doesn't take away that the second definition applies too, right? You know, so, and I always say that there's a million black people in Toronto alone, right? Uh, let alone across Canada. I think it was across Canada, whichever, right? Yeah. But the, what the whole aspect is that if even 10% of those people did something on behalf of Black people for, throughout their whole life, only 10% that we'd be moving exponentially further because that 10% would gradually start affecting the 90% and getting them out, right? But we don't have that. Right. You know, and going back to the old gender issue and stuff like that, you know, and the quality, I, I see what black women complain about quite evidently, because within the, the black space, the black empowerment space is predominantly f female. But there are, there's constantly an odd lodge of black males that come into the space with no experience, no knowledge. They just have a, a, a bank account or whatever, and they get pushed to the front of the line with no experience, and then nothing happens, and then you wonder why. I go, yeah, because that guy has the experience of a plumber when you're asking him to fix a car. <laughs> right? Well, you know, you say something very interesting because I was at the Tropicana uh, 
conference for the Black Business Initiative. The Black Business Initiative, folks, for those of you who don't know, it's an initiative to support new not-for-profits, new entrepreneurs, um, mostly not-for-profits, um, support them in getting off the ground. And so I was speaking there and then there was a panel that was talking about the BBI and the success of the BBI over the past, well, since 2020. And so, but the panel was filled with all black men. <laughs> and I thought to myself, what are we doing? What, like, don't you even see the nonsense in that kind of panel? Uh, when in fact, black women are the drivers um, in this space. And so for, for the funders, you know, I guess Canada, who is funding the BBI, for mm-hmm. it to then, you know, drive it into black males and then fail to recognize that the landscape is actually run by women. It, it's, it's kind of interesting to me. Uh, that that would it's, even not, it's not interesting. It's just <laughs> absurd, <laughs> right? You know, absurd is uh, interesting. Is your nice way of saying absurd, right? It's sad because because that's a reason why we're not progressing. Yeah, you know, because there are black men that you know do that our upbringing and stuff like that. We don't acknowledge that the like w- the white male superiority has permeated into us even because we because I, I would be the first one to say hey I never tried you know putting this gender equality into place but I'm not in denial that I'm a beneficiary of it right compounded with having a deep voice sometimes I, I could be talked a lot of crap and people won't say nothing to me right <laughs> you know so needless to say and I can get out of it because I know that they're intimidated by my voice and then when the black male dark black male kicks in they really are intimidated right so I know I can get out of things based on that, but I take I make the choice to not put myself in positions where I'm not equipped to talk about it, right? Not because I don't want to, but it's because that one, it's not the it's not one, it's not the right thing to do, and it's putting me in a position where other people are going, ah, Robert doesn't know what he's talking about, right? So why am I going to put myself on stage when really I only have two years? working in working in that field and i could be asked any question and not know what i'm talking about so those men are are putting themselves in, in a bad position just because they want their ego stroked there was right? one there was one man and that was rustrum who recognized the you know the the bizarrity of it um you know given that you know when you looked in the room as who was leading those initiatives you know but it is as it is. I loved what you had to say. You said, if 10% of us, I, I think we're 1.4 million across Canada. Mm-hmm. If 10% of us did something on behalf of the Black community, we then uh, create this tipping point where then everybody else begins to think about, okay, so how do I uh, support the Black community? I love that. And I'm going to use that going forward as something that, you know, I'll use the 10% and say, okay, where's the 10%? Where's the 10%? Where's the 10% as we, as we build, as we transform the landscape and as we vision uh, for our children and our children's children, uh, what is to come in say 300 years? Yeah, because, you know, doing things in the Black community, we don't need everybody. Right. And you don't want everybody because some of them don't want you don't want to be in their space, period. Right. All right. 
you know, but you need only 10% because that's, those are ones that will be really dedicated to what we're doing, David, yeah. what you're trying to do. So yeah. with respect to my posters, you know, like I distributed them around the country because it's nurturing a communal environment. So if a, if a child is five years old, 10 years ago, and they see my poster in Nova Scotia, then flash forward 10 years and they go to university, university of Windsor, and they, they see that poster again there, then they go, oh, wow. Right. Like, like that's the poster still going on. I remember when I was 10 years old. Right. You know, so and I'm only one person and there's a billion four hundred. My God. Right. You know, so imagine if 10 percent of the black community was doing something that was on a national wide scale. You wouldn't be talking about white people and what they're trying to do because you'd have the infrastructure in your community to combat it very easily. Right. Yeah. You know, but because you don't and they're in so much and they're calling you a moron for you eventually to call yourself a moron. There's no need to, to wonder about your power because you've already given it away. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So what do you need to mobilize the 10 percent to end the fear of racism, to um, harness respect within our community? What do you need to achieve all of these things that you've just identified? Yeah, well, I need the 10% to buy my poster at the very smallest and uh, put it up in your child's room and talk to them about it. Because if, if one parent did that 30 years ago and each year for uh, spent 10 minutes to talk about the people, the five people that were on my poster, you'd have a child that would know over a hundred African Canadians in their stories, right? You wow. know, so imagine one million four hundred black people knowing 150 African story black stories, right? So there's nothing stopping that from happening, right? But for all you have to do is just read something for 10 minutes. So similar to uh Starting something in 2020, it's not too late to start everything, right? So it's 2024. So, hey, you can buy my poster for like the next four years and your child would know 20, you know, and just and that then that child, because you did it, will teach their child, will buy the end, the poster that my ancestors create and consequently things would continue forward. I love it. Do you have a book of your posters? No, that's what actually it was what uh, I was proposed to me to do. Yes. You know, so, so I'm thinking about that. You know, so yeah, I definitely want to create a book on my posters uh, for memorabilia sake. And everything. I think that would be awesome. I mean, don't change anything about them. Just put them all together in a book, and then you think you can do that for our communal gathering? You think you oh, can? Oh, oh, when was your community gathering? Yeah. It's in June of this year. In June? Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, that can be done because I, I already know how to do that and everything, right? All so. right. So if you put the book together, and then we will work towards getting at least 500 copies of those books sold by the time we complete our event on June 23rd. How's oh, that? Okay. Hey, even, even more incentive, money. <laughs> That's right. And and from there, it will go out because we expect to have a big impact uh, in Toronto this summer. And, okay. um, and so we'll talk about that uh, off offline. Yeah, okay. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, that's definitely something that I'd be interested in. Obviously financial, but obviously, you know, having, having a, a book that 
that documents my my uh, my history that will live on forever. That's really great. That's awesome. That's yeah, awesome. Thank you for that. Would I be able to pray for you before we end our session? You would be willing to pray. Uh, <laughs> I am willing, and you grant your permission. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. All right. Let's pray, Father. We thank you for all that you are. The big beginning, the big end, and everything in between. We thank you that you have rooted us in this African, we call it Black, melanated community, and that you have given us a life that we can now uh, branch out and grow. We become the tree. We become the light to so many others that are with us. I thank you for Robert. I thank you for his life. I thank you for his legacy. I thank you for the talents and the gifts that you have poured into him. I thank you for his vision to embolden and to mobilize the 10%. I thank you for his vision to uh, launch the message, do not be afraid, to launch the message, talk about us instead of talking about the people who are out there. I thank you for his strength and his boldness and his courage. And I pray that in all the ways that he is to expand and become limitless, that you will now uh, pour into him every resource that is needed in order for that to happen. I pray for his poster that is to go across Canada this year. I pray for there to be sales abounding and expanding and exploding beyond anything that he can possibly imagine. I pray that in all the ways in which he has visualized success, it is fruitful. It comes into fruition in the right order and the right timing and all the ways that will bless him and his family and his children's children's children to come. I say all of this knowing it is already so in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. So Robert, it has been a journey and I want to thank you for taking the time to speak with me today. I want to thank you for your authenticity and your humor and your wisdom uh, that you poured out to uh, our audience today. Okay, I greatly appreciate that. And thanks for the invite. Audience, it is our time uh, to say goodbye. So I thank you for listening and I thank you for going out and looking up Robert. You can find his posters. Robert, can you tell us where folks can find your posters, where they might be able to purchase one? Yeah, they can order it on uh, www.thelegacyposter.com. Wonderful. So well, they can email me at rsmall005 at mac.com as well. All right. We'll drop all of those contact details into the description for the show. And we pray that you have enjoyed this discussion, that the that you'll allow the reflections that come after listening to this, that you'll embolden yourself and mobilize yourself so that you can be amongst the 10% that is uh, championing and um, making our ecosystem even healthier. Until next time, I'm your host, Dr. Joe.